0: You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky
1: University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. We often hear stories about veterans that return from the battlefield and are incapable of dealing with traumatic experiences and memories that follow them home. But that's not always the case. Travis Martin, a graduate student at UK in English, has been a driving force behind Military Experience and the Arts, a project that connects veterans with resources and outlets for their artwork, poetry, fiction, and scholarship, as well as the Veterans PTSD Project, which seeks to dispel stereotypes about post-traumatic stress disorder by giving veterans a voice. In this podcast, Travis reads and discusses three of his poems, A Little Boy with Bananas, The Writing on the Wall, and Rifling About, all of which reflect on his combat experiences in Iraq.
0: So I'm Travis Martin. I'm the editor of the Journal of Military Experience, and I've been asked to come and read some poems today and comment a little bit on how they were made and why they're important to me. This first poem I'm gonna read is called A Little Boy with Bananas. And I wrote this poem early when I, in my writing career whenever I first started trying to capture the experiences I had gone through in the Iraq war. And I found that you know, when I sat down to put pen to paper and make the story that putting together the different fragments of memory and the different traumas associated with the event, the particular day that is covered in this poem, was hard to do in prose form. But poetry kind of lent itself to the task because of its ability to capture, you know, unique fragments within a few a few concentrated bursts of uh, lines put together. Some of the some of the fragments that kind of popped out to me were the explosions that went on during the ambush, the uh, the, the pings of metal brass hitting the uh, top roof of my truck and the you know the bullets going by, and uh, one in particular was this little boy who was. Um, standing on the side of the road trying to sell me a a bushel of bananas before all the events kicked off. For some reason, whatever impact uh, trauma has with imprinting itself on your brain, I, I immediately associate that little boy with my little brother, such to the point that that association stuck with me afterwards. When I'd see my little brother, I'd see the little boy on the side of the road, and they became one. And so this poem is an attempt to really go back and Undo a lot of the work of trauma's ability to, you know, just confuse memories and put cer- put certain aspects and uh, precedents and kind of make the story lopsided. Because you'll find the little, 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 little bitty aspects of the story that really don't make a lot of sense to the outside viewer make a lot of sense inside the traumatized mind. But without further ado, I'll just read the poem: A little boy with bananas, brown hair hangs over brown eyes looking at brown feet standing on brown earth. A little boy with yellow bananas needs a green dollar to feed his family for a week. A twinkle in his eye reminds me of a freckly faced spoiled kid brother. Then again, the boy could have been me in another life. My white hands reach for my black wallet. The little boy's hope is sparked, but I come up empty handed. His best broken English, a futile attempt to earn that green dollar, I could feed his family for a week. A little boy with bananas, eyes full of the little brother's charm. Contact, left, explosion to the rear. Driver's side mirror vibrates, displaying images of dark black smoke. White hand moves towards black gun, exposed. Ducking down, pinging sound of metal, striking metal, exposed. Realization, brass hitting the roof on top of the hatch, machine guns fire in all directions. Get up you cowards, you were trained to fight. Charge handle, find enemy in a crowd full of people. Boy with bananas, just one in a mass of running bodies. Someone finds a target. Twinkling eyes fill with flames of hate. Another explosion to the rear. Bodies fly while others lie motionless. What are they shooting at? Browns hit. Four stories up. 200 meters away. Take aim. One round hits. Still no target. Weapon jams. Charge handle. Load bullet. Fire. Jams again. Helpless. Convoy moves. Brass stops hitting roof. Go. Let's go. Truck engines roar. Everything else silence. Bodies lie motionless while a little brown boy stands over a brown man clutching a black grenade. Brown eyes connect with brown eyes that stare straight up from the brown earth. A brown hand drops a green dollar. It lands on a white shirt turned red. Yellow bananas lie scattered. I'll never look at my kid brother the same. Brown eyes drop transparent tears and my white hands begin to shake. I drive full speed away from the city. How dare I look back? And so with that poem, what I was trying to do is really capture the, the different aspects of the, uh, the event that stuck out to me. And... You don't remember things like that in a, in a linear pattern. You just remember the little the, the flashes of extremity, such as the fact that when I heard the brass hitting the roof, I was certain that that was incoming bullets hitting my truck, but in fact it was the gunner inside my truck shooting his weapon, and so it was his brass hitting the roof. So I perceived a threat there that I didn't really work out until I later sat down and started trying to work through the narrative itself. And then the um, the, the black grenade part was not something that I originally knew about, until I talked to other people who were in the convoy who had actually been the ones firing back and told me the whole story. And so the poem itself was an effort on my part to piece together the narrative as a whole. And so you get this kind of the same ability that you gain from prose and poetry because of its ability to really take those fragments and make sense of them. Uh, This next poem is one I wrote more recently. It's called The Writing on the Wall. And um, I came from a very religious home My parents were Southern Baptists, and they really indoctrinated me in that faith for the majority of my life. And so one of the things that would often come up in conversation when I would call home would be just um, the religious implications of the war and the way in which I really tied to what they believed was end-time prophecy. And so they would ask me about certain biblical sites like Babylon and, quote, verses of Scripture because somehow that helped them make sense of the war and why we were there and all these things. I figured if it had something to do with the Bible, then maybe it would be considered just, and maybe what I was doing was worthwhile. So to write this poem, what I did was I, I looked up a lot of those facts myself and did a lot of uh, like a biblical scholarship, I guess, and tried to really fit a lot of places and events and prophecies that are in the, in the scriptures to a lot of the things that I had seen and experienced. So this poem is kind of like what they tried to do, trying to make sense of it. So this poem's called The Writing on the Wall. Nervous sweat sanctifies the temples of the born-again as Kevlar-fitted troops ascend in C-130s to rapturous jet streams that cradle and wash over the innocence of a civilization. The tarmac softens their disciplined boots, and Iraq welcomes God's children, prisoners of war, to the great temptation. Children stalk men, as it was written, under the bright black night where tracer rounds race to meet shooting stars. Somewhere a hand that shakes from the sight of a sacrificial lamb hung from the bridge of an overpass outside of Fallujah reproduces a shot group that blots out the eye of the needle. Whizzing sniper rounds speak to the righteous and unprophesized IED blast pass them over. Isaiah's marred Assyrian road imprints itself upon their souls. Boots hardened through baptism in the sands of earth, stilt shaky legs and dilated pupils called upon to witness. Confused tongues fail to articulate shattered minds leaving them instead as burnt offerings at the spiraling staircase of Babel. Revelation comes in the transubstantiation of antipsychotics. Self-medicated migraines escalate with communion wine, passed around as false manna at VA hospitals. Concussed remembrances of innocence create a nervous sweat for those who look back to Babylon and fail to read the writing on the wall. And I guess what I what I came to the conclusion of in this poem was, you know, the, regardless of biblical interpretations of the Iraq war, that in the end it really just boils down to, you know, illness and uh, self-medicating with migraines and the consequences of war, because that's really all you're left with for the people that are out today still struggling with the invisible wounds. It's kind of a negative ending, but I, I think I'm able to capture some of the consequence and the significance of what my parents thought were Meaningful anyway. Uh, this this is the last poem I'll be reading. It's called "Rifling About," and I think it's the most recent poem I've written. It's very very loosely related to the to the war, and it, it, it again has some religious implications. And the, I, I guess what I what the common thread is between all of these is loss of innocence. That there's the innocence of that little boy on the side of the road. There's the innocence of a religious worldview shattered. By not finding the types of uh, significance that were needed from sacrifice and war, and then there's this poem that I was really inspired by an event I went to at the Harriet Arno conference earlier this year, and um, it's about just where do you go once you realize the paradox of you know once saved always saved, and you know you're 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 safe from God's wrath and you're safe from all the judgment and everything, but where do you go from there? How do you regain any semblance of appreciation for beauty once you've experienced these things? So you may not find a lot to do with Iraq in here, but I think you'll find a lot to do with the post-war mind of a young man from southern Kentucky like myself. The poem's called Rifling About. The night never ends for children of the Cumberland Valley whose souls wrapped in the Holy Ghost forever rifle about within for blame. Once saved, always saved, unless the paradox begins again. What happens when the blue morning dew evaporates like crabgrass raptured by a sweet grandmother planting spring tomatoes, revealing the disgusting earth and the dark limestone caverns underneath? What happens when blessed assurance and the soulless gaze of the black angus is held accountable, locking eyes with a broken old farmer, begging forgiveness at the stockyard? What happens when the water moccasins warning, that sickly sweet watermelon scent, oozes from your pores like the sweat of ecstasy or eternal damnation? The sun rises, as it always does, and the valley forgets the night, cleansing the souls of those left behind in murky green waters, calling its children back to the altar to hear a sermon about the night steadily approaching. That's the the last poem I'd like to read. And um, I guess what I took away from that was, you know, there's guilt after salvation. There's there's certain things you can never really escape that you'll always carry with you.
1: So are you published anywhere? Are you going to be putting out any...
0: Uh, as far as poetry, mm-hmm. like a chapbook, yeah. I've been considering finishing up this stack of poetry and putting out a chapbook. I've got a lot on my plate with Ph.D. studies right now, and yeah. we edit the journal. There's four journals all together that we're doing. Oh, yeah? What are they? Uh, there's the Journal of Military Experience, and then there's the Blue Falcon Journal of Military Fiction, then there's Blue Street. it's the Journal of Military Poetry, and we have one called the Veterans PTSD Project, which is about... Helping veterans tell their uh, stories of post-traumatic growth and resilience, you don't hear a lot about that I always hear about the ones that Don't manage to overcome, but you never hear about the millions and millions and millions of other veterans who managed to Do well in spite of those things mm-hmm.
1: You said you're working on your PhD. Is that here at UK? Or yeah. You? Okay.
0: Yeah I'm working on it in English, but I do a dissertation on the um, different therapeutic arts and writing communities that have popped up in the wake of Iraq and Afghanistan for veterans I'm thinking that you know, in the next ten years or so, the, the next c- canon of war literature will come out of these communities and I can kind of map that out as a proto-canon. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. It's something that's in the present for me, and it, it's it's a lot of what I'm already doing as far as who I know and what I've been, what circles I've been running with. And no one's really kind of taken a moment to step back and look at what these people have accomplished. So, I mean, I think when you live through a trauma, that there's an, an inherent need to tell the story and to make sense of it. It was like I was saying with my poem about the little boy. All I could see was like flashes and booms and you know like a little kid and you know it wasn't a, it wasn't a coherent narrative when I started. It didn't make any sense to me and there are millions of veterans walking around with these inc- incoherent narratives and these uh, intrusive thoughts which are really the brain's way of trying to put the put everything in order. They're walking around with these day-to-day and they want to they want to find a way to put them in order and make sense of them so they don't intrude upon their day-to-day life and so if that's the case, if every traumatized veteran is an artist, is waiting to happen, you know there's a lot of work to be done.
1: Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of English for making this podcast possible. For more information about military experience and the arts, please visit www.militaryexperience.org.